Welcome. This is Beyond the Illusion. Thanks for joining us. In today's episode, we have a conversation with an incredibly positive, uplifting, and energetic person. Her name is Michelle Blood. She's authored books, holds seminars, and is an expert in affirmations and the power of thought. She's also the creator of something called Musivation, which combines music and affirmations. This conversation is full of information that people can put directly to use in their lives right away. And I know Tiana and I have gotten a lot out of our meeting with Michelle. Here's a sample of our conversation with her. We are what we think. Everything we are arises with our thoughts. With our thoughts, we make the world. And just so you know, since we are all still mostly under quarantine lockdown, we had to have our conversation with today's guest through an online meeting. Now, let's go to that conversation already in progress. so great to have you right now in this time with the coronavirus because there's so much fear and uncertainty and all of this there's so many different messages that are being thrown at us and affecting people and to have you talk about affirmations and how we can take control of what we feed our mind and our consciousness that just seems like the perfect thing that's needed right now Well, fantastic, because I know that um, the power of the mind, the power of the light, the eternal divine within each person, we've been given willpower and a chance to really, really have transformation and anyone can do it. And it's challenging sometimes when someone's in a lot of fear or angst, but everyone can do it. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I just wanted to say... I finished reading your book today, and thank you for sharing that with us, and I really enjoyed it. I did like to hear about your background, especially in the beginning where you talked about how you came about to do the work that you do right now was through, you know, an accident of yours. Can you tell us about what happened there? Yeah, Tim. um, It was really interesting because I was a rock singer in Australia and uh, had fairly, you know, mediocre but to good success was on television since I was a little child. As a child, I was a Catholic and I loved Jesus and I loved going to Mass. I went every morning with the nuns. I was given permission. But then, you know, puberty hits and you sort of forget all about that spiritual side for a while. (laughs) But this car accident brought it all back, but thundering into my life is the most important thing in my life. And so I had a car accident on the way home from a gig because the driver had fallen asleep at the wheel. Because in Australia, we have towns and cities that are miles and miles and miles, you know, in between, to the extent that sometimes you have to actually buy petrol or what you call gas in advance so that you don't break down on the side of the road with no petrol because there's, you know, especially back in those days, back in the late 80s, and you guys probably weren't even born then, but anyway. (laughs) 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 Oh, you probably were, but it's just in a different different vehicle anyway (laughs) (laughs) and so but you did get you both got two beautiful new shiny cars good job (laughs) (laughs) so um i've I've been in this one before the 80s so sorry (laughs) i said i've been in this body before since before the 80s so oh yeah (laughs) you you look 10 so anyway (laughs) 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 anyway so Uh, This car accident damaged me badly and I was in hospital for months and months and months with terrible, terrible um, agony, agonizing pain from many, many broken bones and uh, bladder splashed up with broken bones. And uh, it was just horrific. And I felt quite suicidal. And I'd never really thought about motivational stuff or spiritual stuff at that stage of my life. I was absolutely so fulfilled every gig I did every time we had more and more audience and another record that we'd written I loved my life so I was on purpose as far as I was concerned but this car accident really threw me for a loop and I went into a deep depression in the hospital because I was in so much physical pain but I had this amazing thing happen through 
Sink and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Who knew? An Australian singer, female, has her spiritual epiphany through a book that was written in the 20s about American businessmen like Henry Ford and how they'd made success, become successful through auto-suggestion. He's like, oh, the secret auto-suggestion. I'll talk about it much in the book. And I couldn't turn the tape off. I didn't want to listen to it, but people were playing these tapes because I couldn't move, so I'd have to put (laughs) up with it. And any of you out there that are feeling frustration right now, you'll be able to relate to this. You know when you're like, emotional pain but particularly physical pain if you've anyone out there's ever been in real agony in pain you think emotional pain would be heaven compared to that physical pain is sucks it's just a horrible thing to go through and and then you have people come into the room into the hospital room all cheery with flowers and you know they're they're farting sunflowers and (laughs) they're all happy and wanting to cheer you up and it is, you don't resonate with them at all. So it's actually very, very irritating. But um, you sort of have to put up with it. No, oh, listen to this. This will help you. You've got to cheer up. You've always been such a positive person. But anyway, listening to this tape, what happened was when Napoleon here was talking about healing his son's hearing, his son could not hear, 100% could not hear. And he wasn't born with ears. And so he would say these affirmations into his where the ears should be every night he would say son you can hear perfectly you are a healthy individual you are top in your school and this child's just a baby he went on to be able to get 30 percent of the hearing by the time he was four and went on to be the successful hearing aids went around then but when he got older he went on to really support the hearing aid industry and became like a mogul in the hearing aid industry, but could hear, you know. <laughs> and I said to myself, self, okay, this is ridiculous. I absolutely believe this happened. So if auto-suggestion can do that, I'm going to do some affirmations to heal my body. I'm going to do it. I've got nothing to lose, absolutely nothing. And so Napoleon Hill said you've got a state a statement in the now, it has to be personalized as if it's already happened. And the most important thing is you have to emotionalize it. And so I made up this lovely affirmation. I am healed because I was told you're not healed. You'll never be completely healed. You probably have a permanent link limp if you can walk again. So no more cartwheels across the stage and jumping up on top of double-decker bass speakers. <laughs> my rock and roll you know band so i i was just like oh that's crazy anyway i am healed because i wasn't i know i am because i didn't i love myself i am my friend i did not love myself i felt suicidal so i thought oh this will be perfect because it's the opposite of everything i'm feeling and that's what he said to do so i started out i am healed i know i am i love myself i am my friend i am healed i know i am I love myself, I am my friend, over and over again for a couple of days. And then I was just, I didn't believe it. I could not emotionalize it because I was in physical pain and emotional pain. So I just said, this is ridiculous. I'm going to stop this nonsense. This just absolutely doesn't work. I'm not feeling any better in any shape or form. And then a day later, I was thinking about, you know, lying there, you can't do anything. And I was thinking, you know what? I should sing it. You've been a singer-songwriter all your life. I mean, I'd even written jingles for advertising agencies. You can't get a jingle or certain pop songs out of your head. I will sing it. Then I won't have to emotionalise it. So I just made up a little jingle there on the spot. I am healed, I know I am. I love myself, I am my friend. As the healing light of the universe surrounds me and goes through me, I am healed, I know I am. I love myself, I am my friend. And I had someone bring in just a little recorder that I used to always use when I had a song idea, just to sing it quickly. And I just sang it over and over again until I'd ran out of 90-minute cassette and I just kept playing it in the hospital. It didn't even have music with it. It was just me singing. And so to make a long story short, That's how musivation or affirmation power began. 
after I got out of the hospital, I had miraculous healing to the extent that journalists in TV in Australia on something similar to 60 Minutes did a whole story on me about how I'd sung myself to healing. And I ended up writing a lot more affirmations. I went into the studio and recorded it, you know, played the music with it and made sure that I could have some nice little pop jingles for other things that I wanted to manifest and create in my life. And so I did quite a few. And then promoters started coming to me. And so the first time it happened, there was a promoter who called me and he said, look, I don't know if you've heard of these people, but they're famous authors in America. There's Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, um, you know, some other people. And I said, I've never heard of them. Don't know who they are. (laughs) And they said, we want you to come on tour with them around Australia and sing your affirmations in between and uplift the audience because a lot of people in Australia know you and I think a lot of different people that don't normally know these authors may be attracted to come. We'll pay you $5,000 per day and if you can create more of your songs and put them on a CD and we'll sell, sell them at the back of the room for you, we'll just take a small percentage. And I was like, well, duh, yes, I'll do that. <laughs> And so that's how Musivation began. And then um, Bob Proctor, who was in The Secret, another promoter who was promoting him, said, I want you to do it too. And Bob Proctor said, I do not want some singer. I'm Bob Proctor. I've been doing this for 40 years. What in the hell are you talking about? Oh, 30 years at that stage, I guess. I, I don't want a singer. And they said, well, sh- we've already hired her and, you know, we're the promoters and that's it. Halfway through the gig, he came up to me and he said, I want to write affirmation songs with you. I want you to go all over the world with me singing at every event. He said, this is uplifting the audience. All the things that we've all been teaching for years and years and years about auto-suggestion and intention and having to emotionalise them, it's so fast. I get it. I love it. And that's how Musivation began. I love the idea of combining it with music. I am one of those kind of people that jingles stick in my head. And I've always unconsciously changed the words like you know, like that. Um, I teach Reiki and there's a Reiki symbol called Chokure. And for some reason, one day I was listening to Prince's song, Purple Rain. And instead of Purple Rain, it became Chokure. And whenever oh, I, I teach, love that. <laughs> whenever I, I teach a Reiki that. class, Reiki 2 class. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Feel free to to use that and record it. <laughs> but uh, well, I guess you'd have to get permission from Prince, but um, or from from there. It's so funny you, you say that song because that's literally one of my favorite songs of all time. Oh, I love it too. But I, I, I adored Prince. You know, oh, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's such a great idea, like you said, for emotionalizing it because music does have that incredible power to just open our heart chakras and and make us feel something and to bring us joy and allow energy to flow so it's such a great idea i'm surprised that there aren't more people that are doing that since you've started doing it are there more people now that have sort of uh, caught on to what you're doing oh really no it's interesting because um i i had one person that was a friend of Louise Hayes when Louise Hay was alive and I was doing a gig with them and um, she said, oh, I was going to do affirmations to music. And I said, well, why didn't you? Well, I found out that you'd done it. And I said, well, that's ridiculous. I said, if every musician decided they weren't going to create music because there were other musicians in the world, there'd be no music. I said, go for it. Write something. You know, anyway. So then another person a few years ago, I call affirmation power and musivation, and they they just changed one letter and just totally plagiarized everything I did and started singing with my backing music. And I was like, I didn't care though, because I I go with the um, whatever's going to, whatever it takes to transform someone. If someone plagiarizes someone, who cares? We're all copying each other in one form or another. As long as someone's transformed, it doesn't matter who they got the click from, the Satori from, their aha, as long as they get it, that's all that matters. 
And no one's ever going to be exactly like you. You even had a chapter in your book about competition. And that's something that I talk to clients about, too, is that you're uniquely you. There's no other you on the whole planet. And so no one, even if they're copying your style, they won't still have the same essence and vibration and expression the way that you do. So it's okay. Because everyone's got different consciousness. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on their consciousness, their frequency of vibration. It's just everything's consciousness. So... And we're all one anyway, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's a really good way to look at it, you know. I, I feel like more people should look at life that way, you know, as if, you know, everyone is just a different version of themselves. Um, at the end of your book, you had a lot of testimonials from people that had worked with you, and some of them really stood out to me. And it was this guy who... His name was Gary, I think, and he had been struggling with his work and he just was having a really hard time. And he he went to you for a healing and you gave him some kind of healing prayer, I think. And he said that once he was using that for just like a week, like he had this massive turnaround at his job. And I thought that was pretty fascinating. Do you get a lot of people with that kind of reaction from working with you? I would say at least 95% of them. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I I really enjoyed your book. I thought it was um, very uplifting and inspirational and yet very practical. You kind of nailed just, you know, the key things and made it real clear and simple for how people can apply the concepts that you were expressing. And as a hypnotherapist, it's pretty much the same thing, you know, affirmations and suggestions, you know, suggestions that I give are the same as kind of affirmations that people can tell themselves. So I know some of these things, but I'd love if you want to share what are the key components of creating a good affirmation? Well, I think, you know, if you're going, I I like the idea of people creating their own affirmations and changing lyrics. You can just buy karaoke music that doesn't have have anyone singing and you could just, you know, record it for yourself. You don't have to you know, you can't record it and then play it to other people if you haven't written the actual song. People don't do that. You'll get, <laughs> you'll get, you'll get what happened to Tony Robbins. You'll get millions of dollars worth of whatever from the Beatles publishers. Anyway, <laughs> that's a long time ago. Australia really rocked him. He was playing all this music at his events and not paying royalties. But anyway, that's another story. Oh wow! So be careful. Just do it for you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to do it to a song. At least have some music in the background. I don't care if it's Mozart or Brahms or something like that, or just something beautiful. And then speak your affirmations. Record yourself speaking the affirmation over the music because that way the lyrics or the affirmations are going to the logical side of the brain, the left side, and the melody, the music, goes into the right side and it will go straight into your subconscious mind. It is 300 times faster than attempting to just speak it over and over again. And so make sure that you always state what you do want as as if you've already got it and never about somebody else ever. Never infringe upon somebody else. Don't say, I am now going out with and he loves me so much and all that sort of rubbish. <laughs> never, ever do that because you don't know. You might have some power there that you, we didn't know you had. You might have from a past life empowerment and you might have the, the skill set to be able to do something like that and it never works out you have to let everyone's karmic purpose and their divine destiny to be theirs if it's because you want someone in your life romantically i am now absolutely so happy that i am in a beautiful romantic relationship with this person who is loving and loyal and all of the things you would want them to do you can do it for work as well the sort of work that you want as long as you put this or something better Everyone knows that now, but back in the day when I was teaching, you know, it was very, very challenging to explain this to people who had never heard of it before. I mean, when Bob Proctor and I recorded New Paradigms, people that were well-known speakers and authors were saying to us, oh, you can't call it New Paradigms. No one will know what in the hell you're talking about. And Bob said, they will after we finish recording it. (laughs) 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 So that's what's important, that you put down what it is that you want. But if you're looking at attracting the right sort of career or uh, experience in your life, you have to look at yourself and say to yourself, where are my weaknesses? I'm wanting all this amazing 
caliber of people around me, but where are my weaknesses? I want someone who's loyal. Why does that affect me so much? Am I not loyal? You know, whatever it is, I think it's very important to find out what your weaknesses are and strengthen them by doing the opposite. So if you find that you're not persistent and you don't finish things and you procrastinate, well, definitely I've got a, quite a few songs all about being persistent, persisting until you succeed, uh, or create your own. I am persistent. I always succeed in everything that I do. I love what I'm doing. I'm creative. And allow the divine through you, who is all of that, your higher self, to manifest that in you. And you have to begin to use your willpower. Every single time you use your willpower to do something you don't feel like doing or to smile when you feel like frowning, your oscillation goes up. Your frequency becomes faster. Then you have more power, self-power, to be able to get the thing accomplished that you want to have accomplished. And anyone can do this. You just start A, B, C, D, that's it. And you just, as long as you're consistent, consistent with meditation practice, consistent with doing your affirmations, doing it every day, having it on a recorder so that if you don't feel like saying it or writing it down, at least you can listen to your own voice or somebody else guiding you to a higher plane of, of mind. Do you think it's more powerful in your own voice versus somebody else's? Well, what I do is when I do a special prayer, I do prayer CD and send a light transmission to the person. And so what I do, I'll do a prayer for them because my faith is 100%. And I'll have them fill out a questionnaire. But what I do is I just am guided on what I can or cannot pray for, no matter what they've asked for. So it ends up being quite a bit of work to to create a special prayer that's just for the person. And then I create affirmations with music underneath that they have to speak after me. So their voice is still being said. But if they but when they don't want to, like I I'm pretty sure Gary didn't speak the affirmations after me and a few other people haven't. They just said all they do is just listen to it. And all of those things would just begin to manifest immediately into their into their um experience. Yeah, as a hypnotherapist, some of my clients will tell me that after listening to the recording over and over again, that they hear my voice in their head kind of as their voice, like they start thinking those thoughts and my voice becomes their voice kind of thing. So that sounds similar. I'm curious, you mentioned this light transmission. Can you tell us more about that? Okay, if you, yeah, your audience can go that deep. Oh yeah, our audience. Oh, okay. We, we talk about all. We talk about channeling and past lives and all sorts of things. No, I just wanted to. Oh, great! Isn't this awesome? <laughs> now, you've made, now you've made my day. And I was going to say, well, I think your your clients, um, you've got a lovely speaking voice. So no matter what, they're going to love listening to that voice. You've got a beautiful energy in there. So oh, thank you. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So healing myself or the affirmations, my mind, my higher self, whatever it was, what happened to me? Because I was starting to really vibrate at a higher frequency, I started feeling these waves of Shakti. I know now called Shakti, this mm -hmm. energy coming through me. And I was manifesting anything I even thought of so quickly. I wasn't the divine. My higher self was, obviously. I was working all over the world just to sell out seminars and concerts. I had hit records in different languages in different countries. And my heart, I used to say to people, I've got heart glow. Can't you feel heart glow? Because I would feel like my heart was out of my chest. And I didn't realize that it was because my heart chakra, you know, because you feel it along your spine, along your shashumna and out through your chest as well, was partially activated which is a very rare thing to have happen because of this vibration. And I was meditating a lot. I would meditate in water all of the time. I don't know what it was back in that day. I just preferred in a pool or just with my feet in the ocean. And I was living in Asia at the time, so there was plenty of opportunity to be in water. 
not necessary now, obviously, but there was something about it cleansing me as I, you know, just practiced my meditation. Anyway, I had a love for the divine. It was for sure and it was real. And I went searching for someone who knew God. You know, I didn't know at the time that you really call it enlightenment, but I had to find someone who knew God, who was one with that. And I thought, oh, I'm going to find one in Asia for sure. You know, and I did find a couple of older men, one in India, another one in Thailand that was, um, I'm pretty sure today was enlightened. And I had some pretty weird experiences, but beautiful experiences, very blissful that took me out of my body. But um, what happened was I didn't, I didn't feel a love for them. I, I knew that they weren't the teacher I was looking for. I was looking for someone to teach me who can transmit that divine energy because I knew that I couldn't do it on my own because I'd been attempting it. And it was like I was just soul sick for someone to teach me. And eventually what happened was a friend of mine who had a Mahasiddha, which is beyond enlightenment, who's, you know, a Mahasiddha, like Yogananda was a Mahasiddha, Jesus mm. the Christ, Mahasiddha. They're beyond. They are definitely, you know, one with the, the divine fully. They're in Samadhi 24-7. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. Anyway, and so his teacher had left the body and he said, you know, he said, one of the students I've been told has become enlightened. And he said, this is a rare thing. And I've got the feeling that you might be able to tell if she is or not, would you like to come to one of her public events? One of her first public events. And I said, great, this was in San Diego. I just moved to America. And I walked into this, just this little room. There was probably about 70, 80 people. And this tiny woman, I'm tiny too, so I could relate. I thought, oh, that's cool. But beautiful American woman, uh, or Canadian, American Canadian. <laughs> she walked in and she was talking and I could tell that she wasn't that experienced with public speaking, but she was totally at ease and relaxed. There was no nerves or anything. And she started talking. She just started meditating and she said, everyone just close your eyes. And she put this rock music on while she was meditating. And I was like, how am I supposed to shut my thoughts down with all this rock music? I was like, what is going on here? But then my eyes started tearing up and I could see her hands glowing and she had no lighting system set up or anything. They just had a little iPod player. And I was like, what is going on here? And then in the break, they had cookies. And I've always been very, very aware of my weight and keeping slim. So, but I couldn't stop eating these cookies. I didn't know it was prasad. I didn't know that it was divine food if they have blessed it. And so I couldn't stop eating these cookies. And I could hardly drive home. All I could see was light everywhere. So I was very blessed that she agreed to take me on as a student. And she taught me about chakra meditation and taught all of us. And she would transmit light every time we meditated with her. And I could feel it more and more. And after a few years, my own Kundalini awakened. And after two years of being after my awakening, I started to experiment to see if what was coming through me could be used to heal others. And so I started doing it for free. I would just get people's photographs and set an intention for them. And a magical thing happened. Every time I stared at someone's photograph, I would glaze over and they their faces would morph and change into like a Buddha and Jesus. And, and all I would see is the divine presence within each of them. And I realized I was connecting and in love with the divine presence in any photograph. It's only been three times I haven't been able to do it. And I found out during those three times that those people had already left the body or it was a or it was a photograph of someone someone didn't know, they were pretending to know. It was very, very weird. <laughs> and I would say to them, I can't do anything with this photograph. And they said, oh, we've sent you the wrong one or, oh, we didn't tell you that person's died. You know, <laughs> it'd be interesting. And the whole room would turn into white, this just go, just go liquid. And then I would know that that, that, and I would do, then I would hold the photograph to my heart and do a prayer over it. And I get feedback that way because I didn't want to start teaching or meditating with others unless I knew for sure that this was working because otherwise it's fraudulent and it's just, you know, not cool. Anyway, otherwise I would just kept, you know, doing it for myself. And now that's, 
10 years since that happened. And that is a light transmission is connecting someone to their divine presence when they may be clogged, when, you know, their chakras aren't activated. And so people say, oh, I've been trying this, I've been doing that, and nothing seems to be working because their divine presence is sort of in jail a little bit, can't go before them and prepare the way. It's not freed up. They've got too many bubbles around that diamond of uh, hurts and reactions and anger and fear. We need to dissolve them, pop them. (laughs) That's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, since we were meditating before we started, I could feel your energy and also along my spine in the heat. And so I, I, I could feel that within you. Is that something that you offer as your one of your services, this light transmission? Yeah, well, what I've got is something called the mystical experience, the mystical experience.com. And people have been attracted to it from all walks of life, all ages, from all over the world. And once or twice a year, I do a live event and everyone flies in from all over the world, all different countries. And, um, I do the light transmissions for these people. Some of them, you know, uh, at a level, they pay a little bit more and they have it every single day. Others have it twice a week. And we have these monthly live streams and webinars. So they're in the aura of this lineage of enlightenment. And it just transforms them very, very quickly. And it's, it's just absolutely the most exquisite, beautiful thing and when they meet each other, it's like there's dentists, doctors, musicians. I mean, even lawyers. Sorry, lawyers, but <laughs> I mean, and just people that are practitioners like you are of the light. And it's just a love fest. It's amazing, but it's very, very powerful. I say to people, you know, it's like you have to be sure that you're going to think positive thoughts because when that light is transmitted to you, your thoughts are much more powerful, more potent. And so I always make sure that I know that the person's ready. So we have it, they have to fill out a questionnaire. If I feel they're just doing it for power, because people know there are, there are people out there that are um, occultists and they know where to get power from. So I always check it out and make sure that they're not doing it for harmful reasons because they do, there's a lot of light there. They can empower themselves to not do good stuff. But we've been very blessed that I've been very, very divinely guided that every single person has been so wonderful and they come from such a beautiful place of wanting to be of service to the world, wanting to awaken, wanting to do good things. I've never met so many beautiful souls, intelligent, powerful, successful people. They want to be of service and we are just and we help each other out. We, you know, during this time, if people can't pay to be part of it, we just let them off or other people have been giving money that are in part of the mystical experience to other people that they know that are in it that haven't been able to work. I mean, it's just such a giving, beautiful, you can call it a type of a sangha, but it's definitely, you know, just something that we do through the internet, through phone sessions with each other. And um, cool. Yeah, that sounds amazing. So when you have these events, you, you said it's just online then? Everyone just joins on at the same time? Or do you have them live? Yeah. Oh, okay. We have, we have them live as well. They fly into America to see me from wherever. Right now, everything's online right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just so blessed because we had a big event in March that was set up for the March equinox. And we had people flying. 80% of the people were flying in from overseas. And they obviously couldn't do it. So um, it was just so wonderful that the airlines at least said that they could, you know, get either get their money back, one, or two, they could reschedule. So, you know, when we're allowed, we're off lockdown, I'll, we'll be putting another probably in LAX somewhere this time to make it easier for everyone. And Flying. the beautiful thing about energy is it can be transmitted across time and space, so it doesn't have to be in person. Of no. course, everybody likes that experience of being in person, but it's nice also to know that it doesn't need to be, like you said, with a photo or, or whatever. Omnipresence. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that. Tiana and I, we do a weekly meditation with a group of people here in Austin, and we haven't been able to meet in person, you know, since all this started. And uh, 
I get the same exact feeling as I do when I'm there, you know, as when I'm meditating from home with them at the same time. I feel the same way as when I'm actually there with them in person. So it's it's quite strange that, yeah, we do connect through time and space. Oh, that's beautiful. So you guys um, teach meditation? Uh, no, no. We no, we don't teach it. We, we just practice. have a group. Yeah, we just have a group <laughs> that we meet with. Yeah. We just practice meditation. But when you practice meditation and you're doing it for your soul to be, you know, to become consciously one and to be of service for the other work that you do, of course you're doing it for others. It always oh, ends yeah, up this, reaching everybody. This group particularly, that's the intention is that we meet and the light we're bringing down is for the planet and for, for everyone. Mm-hmm, definitely that's the intention. Yes. Yeah, so, so Michelle, with all this that's happening right now, you know, I can, I can definitely feel an energy shift happening. You know, even when the whole coronavirus thing started, I could tell, even before that, I could tell that uh, something powerful was happening on the planet. And it seemed to be like, it seems to be like more and more, this is, um, this energy is coming in or whatever it is, or if the veil is lifting or becoming thinner. And it just seems like more and more people are becoming awakened. And do you feel that way too? Do, are you seeing that at all? No. <laughs> the reason that you think you're seeing it is because you're the one who's becoming awakened. So therefore, you're going to resonate with the others. There have always been people who have been practitioners and meditators. And the world is filled with 8 billion people that are practically all of them are asleep. You are going to attract the 5% who are waking up because that's who you are. But compared to the amount of people that there are, you think this world is, you know, in a higher evolution than it is because of technology and because of invention, but that is just not the truth. It's still at a lower evolution. It's still the Kali Yuga. It's still the dark side. It's because of people like you that there is a brightening of the world. If it wasn't for people who meditated and all of those beautiful people in Bhutan, and the enlightened ones, it always ends up being about the average, about the same amount of people per capita of what is the population on the planet. Because I was feeling the same way too before I fully awakened. I was like, wow, I think the world's awakening. And my teacher said, oh, no, no, they're not. You feel like there's more of them because there's more people in the world. So per that percentage, it's always pretty much the same. I mean, back in the days of Atlanta, that's different because – there was hardly anybody on the planet. You had savages and you had enlightened ones. And so, you know, the savages are really where we came from. Some of us come from a, a higher sphere eventually, but it's like most of the people have had, had thousands of lifetimes on this particular planet. And there are so many different um, world planes that are similar to this that I've experienced because one of the beautiful things that occurs, you said I could go deep, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That occurs before you become enlightened is you go through the, a, what I call a stargate because it's so similar to that TV show, the movie, but except it's straight ahead and it's roaring in your head, roaring, and you go through all these different dimensions and spiritual beings come to you. You get to go through and experience so many different world planes, different existences, I mean, there was one that I visited where the people were very tall and pale and they all had to live inside because the the planet had been destroyed. So there was only about 50,000 people on the entire planet. And they said, you've got to let people know on your planet that, you know, don't do this and don't do that and get electric cars or whatever it is that you can do on your planet. They wanted the message to be out there. I've met beautiful beings that are stuck on the astral plane and so I love to pray for them. And I met one once who said, you know, well, it's all, you know, you don't talk. You just psychically hear hear what the person's sensing, what they're saying. I don't know how it comes out so articulate, but it just does. Who said this was the first time in 500 years he or she, I don't know what it was, just a soul, was able to connect with someone. And they said, can you pray for me to be freed so I can be reborn? Because I can see everything. I can see everything. So it's like it's not omniscience, but I have the power because I'm not in a body anymore to see and to feel and I can't connect with any of it. And I really think I I karmically have done enough now being stuck here. And so I asked the divine presence to 
to assist this person, this soul, to be released. And we do something called the Light Transmission Academy a couple of times a year where I empower or what comes through me empowers people to be able to transmit light to others even though they're not fully awakened yet for people that are in a high enough consciousness. And we do prayers for souls that are um, stuck on different dimensions all the time for their family. You can pray for your family, your future family, because it's only this moment, your past family. People can change their background. Everything can be done because there is no time. And so uh, I did ask the divine, though, to take that particular power away from me. I didn't want to be in contact with astral beings ever again. I said, I'll pray for them, but I just want the real McCoy. I want the spiritually enlightened ones to teach me. I want that. I don't want to, you know, because so many people get stuck and they think that they're speaking to uh, a, a highly evolved soul when it's a soul that can see everything. So they know a lot of shit, <laughs> but they're stuck. You don't want to be stuck with that coming through you. It's very, very draining on a person's soul. And you want to be focused on your enlightenment, not on power. So do you still work with your physical teacher that you met in she stopped teaching. She stopped teaching a few years ago because it's very, it is very, very draining um, when you've got that many people's attention on you. I have simply been extremely blessed that my soul type, which she told me herself, um, has been in the limelight my entire life and I've never been drained from other people. I just, it doesn't affect me. I've just got something within me that it doesn't matter what people uh, attention. Occasionally I might feel a bit tired or just feel like my body needs to rest, but um, I can have attention on me and it doesn't drain me. And that's a very, that's a, the most beautiful gift I've been given. So I'm allowed to sort of be out there now and she kept herself very, very anonymous anyway because she didn't want to get drained and she would find that she would get sick sometimes from it. But um, such an amazing teacher, such a compassionate being. I mean, she's – I'm grateful to her. I mean, I'm still in contact with her. I'm grateful mm -hmm. for her, to her every moment of my life because without her, I mean, you, you just – it just goes on and on. You want to go down a rabbit hole, but go through a rabbit hole of everyone you've got to be grateful for and two, <laughs> for getting you to where you are. And that's, you know, I, I do agree, though, with what you said, Tim. There is more awareness right now. Let's say that. Let's put it that way. There is more awareness. When things happen in this world and things happen in this world over and over and over again, it's karmically what this world is about so that our souls can become free so that that Kundalini can awaken, come up that Shashumna and blast you through to that Stargate. But the thing is, when something like this happens or when a Trump gets in or what any, whatever you want to talk about, it does make people more aware, you know, that they've been drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, yeah. um, I do like that. I do find, but it's the, the, the sort of, I don't want to say sad, but the, the, typical thing that happens though once people have gone through something really horrific together they are there assisting each other they are there for each other because people generally come from especially when they're in trouble and everyone's in the same boat they come from a place of compassion for each other and neighborly love and but then when things go back to normal there's not many people who stay that way they end up going back to their old paradigm of personality and fear or whatever it is but it does temporarily bring higher awareness to the planet for sure, Tim. I do agree with that. I like that you have tools for kind of anywhere that somebody might be on their journey. You know, the affirmations could help somebody who's just focused on their physical, material, emotional self. But then your light transmissions in your mystical experience or your light academy those are opportunities for people who are ready or willing to go deeper and, and awaken spiritually. Do you find it sort of 50-50 as far as where you get pulled, as far as where you're doing most of your work? No, I don't. <laughs> um, I, I would say, you know, the reason that I'm focusing on the affirmations right now is because this particular book that I've just launched is my first book I ever wrote back in 92. And 
I had so I had some copies left over. And so I did this live event and I just gave all the copies away. And then I got all this feedback from people saying, oh, that's how it works, the affirmations. Oh, I love that. I'm going to use them from now on. And so I just, you know, I realized I have to rewrite the book. I'll keep most of the stuff in the way I wrote it originally. Like you'll hear, you'll read somewhere I'm meditating on the beaches of Sarawak. That was years ago, (laughs) 22 years ago. So I just added a few bits and pieces to update it a little bit and to also give away, you know, in the book there's links in there to give away um, creative visualization, visualizations that I used to do, guided meditations to, which is really just visualization because meditation is just shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Because I realized that the reason I'm where I'm at today is because my frequency went up so quickly through the affirmations and I was like wow not everyone's going to be attracted to the mystical experience it's too deep for them at this stage but if I can give them relaunch all this practical stuff and then go on podcasts and occasionally very rarely but occasionally have people that are so awake like you guys are thank you God where I can go deeper and talk about other things so that you can you know you start off because once someone's frequency has begun and they're using their willpower and they're finding themselves feeling more compassion for others, more love for others, wanting to be of service, well, then they can go to the next level and the next level, which is, you know, taking away from, as, you know, Tim said, the veil is lifting. Those little those little globs of r- rubbish around the um, soul are starting to vanish, disappear. And so I find... Right now, I'm doing about 30% of the affirmations just to assist during this virus so that people can start from scratch because it's such a perfect way to do it. And it's been proven scientifically that affirmations absolutely work when they go into the subconscious mind. I mean, oh, my good, that French lady. I mean, the first affirmation, she healed so many people by getting them to just say, every day, in every way, I am getting better and better. That was her only affirmation. And that's like 150 years ago in France, but in French language, of course. You know, so I mean, it's been around for a long time. And the Buddha said it two and a half thousand years ago. We are what we think. Everything we are arises with our thoughts. With our thoughts, we make the world. So it's not a secret. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like what you said about frequency. I really align with that. And um, I'm I'm super passionate about Reiki or just working with energy. And that's how I feel about Reiki is that, again, a lot of people will just come to it initially because they have some physical healing that they need or they want some emotional well-being. But if as they keep working with Reiki or any other type of, you know, working with their chakras, any kind of energy work, it starts to clear their energetic system, shift their frequency. And they might not have started out at all as somebody who's interested in spirituality, but just in working with frequency, with energy, that happens much quicker and opens somebody up. Yeah, I mean, when I was um, searching for God, I did everything. I, I practiced Reiki. I went right through to the level four. And now I realize what it is. I realized a few years later what it was, was, you know, if someone's high enough in consciousness and they're not exchanging energy, if they're doing Reiki correctly, because you don't want to exchange your energy for somebody else's, it's it's like the monks of Tibet and Bhutan doing the sand mandalas and you are focused on a pattern you are focused on a design that puts you into meditation so that you are in the moment. And then you can be used by the light to send the, to have that vibration of the divine frequency to help someone else. And you just, you just allow that divine frequency to do whatever it needs to do because we don't always know what's in somebody's body or what needs to be released or healed. It could be like just the beginning of cancer or beginning of a tumor that they won't even know about for years. And so that will assist to dissolve that. So, I mean, if if someone's doing it correctly, which I know you are, it's a very, very powerful tool. But you have to be very, very careful what sort of pr- practitioners you go to because some people just don't know 
how to handle energy or what they're doing. So it's, you know, if you want to get good Reiki, definitely go to Tiana. Am I pronouncing <laughs> your name correctly? Oh, it's okay. It's Tiana, but it's fine. Tiana. Tiana. Yeah. I like your accent anyway, so it sounds nice when you say it. <laughs> <laughs> My accent? Yeah. You're the one with the accent. Oh, that's not- <laughs> <laughs> that's That's true. Very true. <laughs> You said something that really caught my interest a while back. You, you talked about how you were working with your chakras and eventually you had this like encounter through a stargate of some kind. And, and I want to hear more about that. And also, I've also been working with, with my energy system too, like my chakras and, and just a lot of inner work. And, um, you know, recently I've had some, some really strange experiences, but I find myself, um, being afraid when, when something really strange happens. And, um, I'm wondering if you had any feelings like that too. No, I never did. And the reason why was because I had an enlightened teacher. And when you're dealing with divine energy, it's power, it's powerful. And you really have to be fit and healthy. I work out every day even at my age. I mean, you have to be healthy. You, you two are obviously healthy because it's, it's a power that's beyond what most people can handle. But when you have an enlightened teacher who is transmitting it, that particular uh, aura or the lineage of that enlightenment protects you and looks after you so that it doesn't damage you because it is power. It's raw power. One of the things that's very, very important to remember, if you don't have a teacher and you're beginning to have mystical experiences and, and see things disappear and God only knows what, there's so many things that happen. And I couldn't always speak to my teacher about it. I mean, there were times when I, I, I must admit, there were times when I wouldn't be afraid per se, but I would be flabbergasted. What in the heck was that? Oh my God. I'd be meditating. And because I was living in California at the time, I thought, there was earthquakes all the time. And I would call friends and people I worked with and I'd say, was there an earthquake last night? Because the bed would be shaking. I mean, nearly shaking me off the bed because the kund- because the Shakti, the Kundalini, was changing the cells of my body into light. That's what happens. You become a body of light. And it is sometimes very painful. The bottom of my spine will get painful and all of these different things will happen. I went to the hospital a couple of times because I thought it was something wrong with my heart. I felt like I had a heart beating in all parts of my body. And I ended up being able to speak to my teacher. And she said, oh, look, she said, legally, I have to say, yes, go to your doctor if you think there's something wrong. She said, but this is normal. She said, it's very, very powerful energy. And you're really meditating a lot. And you're doing everything that I've been telling you to do and reading the books and really focusing on your meditation practice. She said, so I'm, I'm looking after you. You don't have to be concerned. And so then I was okay. I was like, okay. So then... I was like, bring it on then. <laughs> bring on these weird experiences, you know, where you the room would turn into light. I could see in the dark, all this crap was going on, and it's like, it's freaky. So in the end, I just said to God, I don't care what's happening. I know that there are some powerful things happening. I don't care for any power. I just want you. I just want you. I never thought I could be come and waken, Tim. I just wanted that that privilege of having that oneness that feeling that bliss that absolute overwhelming love for the entire world everyone everything and so I would just focus you know like she said never ever meditate focusing just on your crown chakra she said because the Ida and the Pingala along the Shashumna and the spine itself those nerves they have to be evened out and so I ended up practicing Kriya yoga breathing as well which was it came to me from a past life experience that I remembered, oh, this is important. I've got to have both nostrils clear so that the energy can flow up the shashumna because the shashumna has to be cleared because once I was able to actually witness the shakti, the kundalini, Tim, it's like these tiny little bubbles that are smaller than anything you could, they're not really part of this universe, but they are because we are part of the eternal ocean. So we live in there and we live here, but most people are just aware of here. But we really do live in a divine dimension. That's where we are home. But we just think that this, you know, like you, you guys call it perfectly beyond the illusion, because this is illusion. It's the Maya. It's not real. And so they vibrate and bounce around each other, just like everything in the world is energy and, and um, 
molecules and atoms and you go further and further until you get to this light and it's also bouncing around and it's scrubbing clean so you're focusing on your heart chakra and just putting all your energy there for it to become awakened so what has to happen is the that kundalini that shakti is coming up the shashumna clearing out this pipe the shashumna that's blocked till it can activate so it's scrubbed clean that that energy dimension it's it's a doorway the heart chakra is a doorway to a different dimension and it scrubs that clean and so i say to people never ever 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 never ever meditate on the lower chakras don't do it maybe the solar plexus maybe that's fine but i found that focusing on the heart chakra and the third eye allowing that to happen but you want to have make sure that the heart chakra is activated first then everything else can come up through because when i that was once that was activated i was just so in love with everything it was just impossible it was almost like impossible not to put your arms around every single person that you met and walking was a little challenging too because you just see light everywhere but when the third eye became activated that's when i went through the stargate and it's just wasn't expecting it didn't know it was going to happen didn't even know if it was possible never been told about it and it was like this blue light went from the middle of my brain out and then this roaring buzzing in my head and i was just like zoom, just racing through this stargate you know i was still a witness to what was happening so i wasn't completely one with the light yet and then i ended up in like a universe just like I guess it was sort of like stars. I could see 360 degrees. And then I was going through another stargate into another dimension. And there was like this huge golden like palace thing, but nothing I'd ever seen architecturally on this planet just floating there. And I'm like, holy shit. And then I came back into my body. It was amazing because the minute I was like beyond a witness, once I was like something scared me a bit, um, I went back into my body. So, uh, yeah, that was my first full-on, oh, my God, <laughs> experience. Wow, that's incredible. I was wondering, because I've had some kundalini activation experiences, but I, I think because I don't have a teacher, um, I think there are things that are blocked because I tend to, like, wake up and feel the energy running, but a lot of times get blocked on the, the left I think the Ida, that side. Um, I was, and but anyway, when when I had after I had some Kundalini activation experiences, I went through like a dark night of the soul where all that energy brought up a lot of my stuff that needed to be cleared, and it all came up at one time in a very challenging way. Which I've I've met other people who had similar experiences, and I was wondering if that happened to you, or because you had a teacher guiding you, maybe that didn't happen to you. It always happens. I okay. don't know. <laughs> I don't know anyone at Dark Night of the Soul. I wrote this book. It's actually like two books in one. It's called Be a Magnet to Money Through the Sea of Unlimited Consciousness that I did with Bob Proctor. But the second half of the book I wrote particularly about this Mm. because I wanted people to get it. Through the Sea of Unlimited Consciousness, I'll get Trevor. Well, actually, I'll send you an actual real copy of the book to both of you. Oh, thank you. Thanks. or I'll just give you the ebook, whatever you like. I think I'll give you the audio book as well because it's really good to listen to it because there's a lot of light that's been meditated into the audio version. When you talk, I, I feel your energy. It's very strong. Uh huh. I wanted people to know the difference between depression and a dark night of the soul because what I talk about in that book is the different levels of consciousness you're, you're going through so people can understand where they're at right now and become aware of where they're at. I just said to people, like the dark night of the soul is when we have done something to cause suffering to another person. That is what brings up the dark night of the soul because the more you practice, the more the energy is there. The the kundalini is pure wisdom. It's pure divine wisdom. And the things that have been blocked, that we've hidden, I'll I'll give you one example of what I went through. Um, When I was just a little girl, I mean, I was like, what, just turned four, I think. And I had an experience with an older sister who was a little nasty to me when I was a baby. And she would always pull down my, um, what do you call them here, diapers? You call them a diaper here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She would pull down my diaper and I'd be really embarrassed and I'd 
was just a baby trying to get it up. I'd be like two and a half, three. Um, oh, no, not three. I was potty trained by then. I don't know. But I was obviously still in diapers and she was just a year and a half older. And she thought it was hysterical because I'd cry. And anyway, by the time I was four, there was these people that moved. I lived in the country and there was people that moved in next door and they had a little girl that was two and a half. And um, we were, I was playing with her one day. And I really loved this little girl. I was just playing with her. And I pulled down her, her diaper and she just went into hysterical crying, screaming, and I pulled it straight back up. And I didn't remember that until I went through a dark night of the soul, that I had caused suffering to this little girl. That was the worst dark night of the soul I ever went through. And so for the next week, every day I just said prayers for whoever she was at the age that she is now, because obviously she's only just a couple of years younger than me. She's still alive. If she's in another body, please forgive me. I'm so sorry. You know, it was just I felt like not suicidal, but I felt how could I have done something like that because it had been done to me, but I only ever did it once, but I felt so much I could, I was back there remembering the hurt that I felt that I'd done that to this beautiful little angel, this little girl. Anyway, so that's just one experience. See, when people, they think they're going through a dark night of the soul and really they're just going through some sort of depression because they don't feel worthy or they don't, that comes into dark night of soul, not feeling worthy. But a lot of people think they're having a dark night of the soul when they're just having a a bout of guilt because they've done some things that they're not happy about. But um, it's whenever we've caused somebody else suffering and we may not remember what it is that we're feeling. We may not have the memory because that dark night of the soul, when we're going through that, that clears more of the shashumna. It's clearing away things. It's purifying the spirit so that we can become awakened. We have to become a body of light. We can't have things from our past ego that is obstructing, that is making us feel egotistical. Going through those sort of experiences and just I really, really recommend that you, you know, do some Kriya yoga breathing so your Ida and your Pingala will be even. I've got some free videos of that on the mystical experience about Kriya Yoga. It's very, very simple. You have these people saying, oh, you can't do this until you've done two years of study. Mm -hmm. Then we'll initiate you. What in the hell? I am not, I don't come from any of that. Anyone wants to learn, I'll teach them everything. There are no secrets in my universe, none. Everyone's a spiritual being that has been given the opportunity to be awakened, have a physical body, have the kundalini at the bottom of the spine, and yay. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm so glad that you were willing to go deep with us. I loved all the things that you had to share and the stories that you just you know gave to us. Yeah, that was all fantastic. I feel like I could talk to you for another hour, Michelle. Yeah, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you really want the listeners to know um that you want to share thank you yes tyana my wonderful team have put together uh something free for all of your listeners students your people um it is the new version of the magic of affirmation power ebook plus four different programs for visualization for for helping goal setting there's all these different things uh, a few of my favorite songs, uh, affirmation songs that I think are really, really powerful. And that is at michelleblood.com forward slash beyond the illusion, the illusion, the illusion. <laughs> <laughs> and it's um, Michelle is spelt with one L, M-I-C-H-E-L-E, blood as in red veins. And no, I did not make that up. Who would? It's my father's name. Michelleblood.com forward slash beyond the illusion. <laughs> <laughs> That's so generous. Thank you. I, I know our listeners are going to love it. I really enjoyed, you know, going through your book, and I haven't had a chance yet to, to to do those other things that you're offering. But I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I'm going to send you guys lots of stuff because you are my people. We're we're family. We're soul family for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like love you guys so much. It's been such a pleasure to not have to navigate what I can and can't say. It's been very freeing because I know that you will always attract the sort of people that want to hear truth mm -hmm. beyond the illusion 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah well okay michelle we'll talk to you soon hopefully again 
Yeah. Well, God bless you both. I think you're just yummy and gorgeous souls, and I love you so much. And more love to you. All right. Love, love you too. You too. <laughs> Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to Michelle Blood for taking the time to talk with us and for sharing her knowledge and gifts with us. I just wanted to say that after reading Michelle's book and talking with her, I've had several experiences of actively bringing things into my life that I wanted. And I know that Tiana has had this experience too. If you'd like to know more about Michelle, her services, and media content, please visit her website, themysticalexperience.com. Or, as she mentioned at the end of the episode, you can go to michelleblood.com forward slash beyond the illusion. And Michelle is spelled M-I-C-H-E-L-E. And before we go, I'd also like to say thank you to Casey Henson for creating the beautiful music we use on this podcast and to Tiana Roser for keeping this podcast interesting and going strong. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit our website, beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. And you can find us on social media as well. And lastly, if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a rating for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. This will help other people find us. Take care.